0: This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio
1: WHP 580.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back or welcome to another exciting episode of Latour Live, wherever you are. I hope you're enjoying your day. Joining me is uh, Amazon Prime Shopper, Frank Schofield. What do you think? And on the big board, Art. How are you, man?
2: Good. How you guys doing?
0: Good. Sitting in for uh, Parksy. Appreciate you being here, Art. Art, are you shopping on Amazon right now while we uh, tape this show? I did that before the show. Yeah, you did it before the show, right? Yeah. Unlike yeah. Frank, who felt it necessary to bring stuff down here to reorder on Amazon during our friggin' show. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Do you order Amazon when you do your dumb old barn hockey show? All the time. Yeah. Are you ordering? Are you ordering Amazon when you do your hockey show?
3: You're-
0: yeah, you uh, are. I'm not getting into you about this. Well, what do you mean? You're ordering stuff. No,
3: I was looking it up online to see if I could order it.
0: Yeah, I brought. While we have a radio show, see, going you, don't, on. you don't even know the
3: facts. You don't. Even know I the don't facts. have to know and the, by the facts. Way, don't bring my radio show into this. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> my 70 times listeners compared to your one times listeners. Oh, are no comparison. okay. So don't. Okay, even, so you have 35... had
0: your show for a number of years. So yeah, let's let's make fun of Latour Live. You're the okay? one that brought in my listeners. You've been listeners. able to build an audience. Okay, I, I, I just – would you subject your listeners to ordering well, Amazon? The listeners to anything. I mean, jeez. I don't know, Art. I don't know about you, but I, I don't have any desire to Art's, order anything on Amazon <laughs> at this moment.
3: Art's barn bar
0: loyal. He will not go with you. So
2: mm. Art, what do you think? Frank Frank would not do that to Bear Nation, but is there yeah, a Latour he, Nation? Isn't
0: mm. a, there doesn't have to be a Latour Nation. I'm not I'll wrapped up that. in my ego like Frank is – you know, I happen to think that you do a show, you do the show, and you focus on the show, you don't sit there and order crap on Amazon Prime.
2: <laughs> Depends what it is, though, exactly. I like
0: really? So, I, so there is limits? We can? I like Amazon.
3: But you're the host. You're the one that has to fly the plane. Yeah, so yeah, Art and I so were you just don't, passion- you, yeah.
0: You don't have to focus no, on stop. a show. Would you
3: talk about stuff you want to talk about? This is
0: stupid. <laughs> well, this is something I want to talk it's about. Not. I come in. You did not have in, this planned. You come in and sit down. No, I didn't have this planned. You come in, sit down with a box of Italian uh, nougat. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> boy, that looks really good. They're really good. Can I have one? Oh no, uh, they cleaned me out upstairs in the office. I'm going to order some now on Amazon. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to order some now on Amazon? Don't we have a friggin' radio show to do? <laughs> so while Frank contemplates not taking this show seriously, I uh, just want to <laughs> remind everybody You that should probably suspend me. You can listen to our show anytime on the High Heart Radio app, WHP580.com's podcast page. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or listen to us every Saturday at 2 o'clock on the mothership, WHP580. We've got a couple great guests for today's show. Mike Feely, he's senior director of content for Penn Live. He's departing next week after 29 years at Penn Live. The guy's got lots of stories. 10 to 15 minutes will not do this dude justice. And then coming up after him is an interesting guest, Atlanta based comedian Lance Burson. Now, Frank, I know you're reading or you're studying up on something else not related to the show, but do you know who Lance Burson you is? You take
3: one more shot at me. I'm do walking you? out That
0: Good. Door. Do you know who Lance Burson is, Frank? He's probably a local friend of yours that happens to be a comedian that we're going to have on the show. Not a local friend. He's from Atlanta. I said he's Atlanta-based. I met the guy on Twitter, and he's as liberal as you can get. I'm not as conservative as you can get. I'm moderate to conservative, but we struck up a friendship on Twitter. He's a incredibly funny guy on Twitter, and I said, you know what? Why don't you come on the show, and we'll talk a little bit about politics and things like that and mix it up a little bit, and so... Lance Burson will join us at the bottom of the hour. How's everybody's weekend? Good? We ready for the holidays yet?
2: What, the July 4th holidays? Yeah, yeah um, you could say that. I am I take it one day at a time. There's always so much to do.
0: Yeah, so you're not even thinking of the 4th of July right
2: now. No, it, it's not. Yeah, it's it's way down the road.
0: I am. I'm already there. <laughs> Frank, you hey, going anywhere? It's in the middle of the week. Yeah. Um, so you, got, you still have some busy work to do. Yeah. I'm leaving tomorrow. I know you are. Yeah, I'm going to go down to Rehoboth for a couple of days with my daughter. Nice. First daddy-daughter beach trip ever. She's six going on 26.
3: Are you going to go down to Funland?
0: Oh, you can't go to Rehoboth and not go to Funland. I go. mean, and go to Funland several times because right. your six-year-old will remind you that there's a Funland and you haven't been there yet that day. You know, a Hershey couple owns that and I runs did. it. I did know that. I did yeah. hear about that, but I
3: don't know much about them. Well, they're there. They're in Hershey. And they, they pick up and go and run it full-time, five months a year. Ooh. That was nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> four to five months a year down there. But, yeah,
0: they're from Hershey. Do you know them? I do not. Oh. I'm aware of them, though. You are aware of them. I've seen you, them. You like to go to home. I've you,
3: seen them, yeah. yeah. I, I love them. My sister lives down there. I've been, I don't like Ocean City. It's too NASCAR, trashy, uber-packed,
0: just dumb. I agree. If, if you gave me a chance to tour a state prison— or go to Ocean City, Maryland, <laughs> I would all I would opt for the state prison. I went
3: to Ocean City a couple years ago just for like a day night to walk down the boardwalk. I hated it. You
0: just can't you can't hang out it's there. Stupid. You don't because of the major highway that runs through there. You can't really hang out at OCMD. Now I love the Delaware beach line and I love the New Jersey beach line, but guess what? There isn't like six lanes of traffic running right, right. through the beach town. And if you're further up or rat- yeah, if you're further north in Ocean City, Maryland, you know, you've got hotels everywhere, but you can't walk to anything. Rehoboth's nice. Rehoboth is nice. Rehoboth boardwalk. It's, it's, it's nice. old fashioned, it's throwback. Coles, gets get a little yeah, ice cream yeah. cone. Grotto.
3: And you go get a grotto pizza. Are uh, you a grotto pizza guy? Or a what's the other one? The the Nicoboli. I hate Nicoboli. Why? I hate Nikolai. Nick Why? is in
0: Nicolai yeah. Nicobol.
3: She passed, didn't she? Or did he pass? I don't know, but I, I don't, don't pa- care.
0: Something happened recently. I love their advertising. Why don't you like them? I love their advertising. We have fat-free dough. That's their <laughs> ad. Adver- that's their, like their big get people in. Is our doughs fat-free? But like, don't you feel like the Grotto, no grotto Pizza? No, I love Grotto Pizza. But are you ever disappointed? Like mm, this Grotto Pizza could be a little better. Um, there are times. It, there are times because I think they've gotten so big. But I grew up on Grotto Pizza, going to yeah. like Dewey Beach when I was like thirteen. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking thirty years and there weren't like twenty and, franchises out there. And about three years ago, Rehoboth went through a boardwalk
3: change that was just they can't turn back around where a lot of the arcades they used to have great old arcades. I could go old arcades. And I mean I could give my kid twenty bucks, I'd take twenty, give my other kid twenty, and you we'd spend like an hour in there. Yes. Right, and not even talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. Now they're Those all, are the days. But they're gone. Yeah. It's all it's all redemption. It's all like, oh play skee ball, get as many tickets as you can to get you know but not
0: only that stupid stuff redemption the video games, arcades are awful you could go in there and you could play like a cosmic alien or Ms Something. Pac-Man for like a quarter a pop and you could play for a while now every game is like a dollar, 2 dollars, 3 dollars and, and they want tickets. you to keep, and but they want you to keep feeding money in it too so you don't last very long your budget doesn't and they don't have the old school ones <laughs> your, your budget doesn't last but well sure i mean i remember going in arcades in uh in Rehoboth when I was a kid or like Stone Harbor and pretty much being there all afternoon yeah. and I had like three bucks. Old pinballs in the back? Yeah, now three bucks last year like fifteen minutes if Air you're not hockey. really good at a game. Do you remember the big pinball game oh, that was, sure. I was
3: I mean the big one. It was yeah. called like Giant or Godzilla yeah, or something it was yeah. like all big with the big stupid flippers.
0: Those are the days man. And then remember
3: the sniper video game? The arcade sure. game sniper?
0: Cosmic Alien. That was my Cosmic favorite Alien. game at the beginning. Galaga? Beach. Cosmic alien. I, I didn't like, like I was not a Galaga fan. I no? was a cosmic alien fan. Oh, Donkey Kong. Much less known. Donkey Kong came a little bit later. Yeah. Donkey mm-hmm. Kong came a little bit later, but I y- you could hang out and then I'd hop on my skinny skateboard and go back to our wherever oh, we were. The staying.
3: Pinball. And then the one year I was down there at Hoboth and I went to the arcades, I was like, oh my god, they're all gone. Yeah. All the arcades are wiped out. These money grubbing people that now have purchased
0: Time on the boardwalk,er now. But all, I, all redemption. But I'll tell you, my daughter's all about redemption. How many tickets can I win? Uh, How many tickets now? So now what crap? What crap toy can I go over there and get for four hundred tickets? Like here's a keychain. Here's stupid. a keychain with a, a troll on it that just costs huh? you five hundred tickets and about twenty dollars of investment at that arcade. How do you
3: feel about the green turtle being on, in Rehoboth, up up there on that hill? I
0: don't um, mind it. I, I, it doesn't fit. You th- well, why not? I don't you think know. it's more of a. Yeah. You th- I think it's more Baltimore? Yeah. Or- yeah. No. I just I, don't like it. I did some party in my single days at the Green Turtle in. Um, did you do? I Dave? think there was one in. Uh, was it Fenwick Beach? There was one in Fenwick Beach. I used to go to the Green Turtle down there. You want
3: a piece of taffy? Here. This will <laughs> get,
0: no, get you ready for the weekend. Why would I want. There's nothing worse than taffy. You don't like taffy? No, it's but moronic. So you, taffy's moronic? Yeah. It you makes think no taffy's sense. Taffy's moronic. It makes no sense. Oh wait, i It's dig not in, even good. Hold on, dig into this. So it's taffy not even good. Taffy is good. Taffy's horrible. So Lived you in, think it's moronic? It's moronic to even want to eat it. <laughs> wow. Your poor kids. Yeah, well, look, my poor kids are eating coors. They're eating coors yeah, ice cream. Served by they're, they're just Served
3: fine. by Russian teenage girls
0: that hate being there. Oh, that's not true. They're foreign oh, exchange they're students. They're coming they here working in the their... States. Oh, no, they don't. They're good kids. <laughs> I mean, you're giving them a hard time because they're Russian. <laughs> so
3: let me get this right. The Russian kids are good, but the taffy, bad. Moronic. Taffy's Taffy's bad. Taffy's, there's nothing. It's the same as Coors. There's, there's no
0: difference. N- really? Yeah. So if you ate a Coors ice cream, uh, a vanilla chocolate swirl, or a peanut this butter is Coors. This what this shows you come. Or peanut butter cores. You think that eating taffy is the same thing?
3: I don't. I think it all. You, you is already pro- know that what I'm, you said
0: was dumb. I'm, you know. So, you know you're wrong.
3: You, did my sentence interrupt your sentence, or did you, did you start <laughs> first and then I jumped in? So. No, but it's part of what the. What do fa- you
0: think, Art? What do you it's think? It's part
3: of the fabric of what's going on down there, in Rehoboth.
0: Taffy or soft ice cream?
2: I like taffy, but it has to be the vanilla kind, the plain kind. I don't want like, any other kind. Who
0: the hell asked you, Art? Nobody asked. <laughs> you. Do you like
3: the Art? Nobody do you like the you. stick taffy, the one that's a stick like, or do you like the round kind, like this?
2: Either kind works. It's hard. I, I like the blackjack kind too. What are licorice, you guys that's, thinking,
3: that's good. Thinking. Do you go to the kite shop when you're at the beach? Love the kite shop.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's that's just an old grab. standard.
3: They get it good. Yeah. Hey, how about that little alley where that little penny arcade is in the back where those those little that little game and the sunglass that little alley that's right down right off the main is. street. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you're probably not allowed there. <laughs> <laughs> probably don't know where that is.
0: Uh I'm looking forward to riding bikes on the boardwalk with But my no daughter. Nick. A bull- no Nicoboli. Can't stand Nicoboli. Can't stand it. Well, I think g- it's give horrible. Me good, give me your restaurant in Rehoboth. I think it's horrible. I think Nicoboli's is really bad. Do you go to Wood Dog or Dogwood or whatever that? No, beer you mean place is? Uh,
3: Dogfish. Dogfish, yeah.
0: No, I we used to really like Salt Air a lot. Salt Air, and then there's the Oyster Companies down there too.
3: What's the steak uh, place on the corner, one street off too? Street.
0: I don't want steak at the beach. You don't ever. I don't eat sushi. How about I eat sushi or seafood at the beach? And how that's about it.
3: About big fish. That big uh, love big f-
0: fish. That's a great call. Love big fish. But uh, my favorite place to eat is in Bethany Beach, and it's called Mickey's Crab House. And that's a uh... Mickey's Crab House is an institution. And I, if if I was on death row and I had my last meal, it would be oh, by the way, it'd be speaking... crabs, it'd be crabs and beer. But speaking of art, did you see the breakfast photo that Dave put out this weekend? I did
3: see that app. Now I want to know: Did you ask your wife to you go? Now listen, baby. I want you to get the the hash browns, and I want you to get this. (laughs) I want you to get the Scrapple.
0: Did you do that like you did on the show last week? No, I actually didn't, but I thought about you guys, so that's why I tweeted out my breakfast this Sunday, which was my favorite breakfast, which is Scrapple, home fries, uh, two eggs over medium, and toast. And with that, we'll be right back here on Latour Live, WHP 580, WHP 580.com. Now back to Latour Live with Dave and Frank on News Radio WHP 580. And welcome back to Latour Live. We're going to bring in our first guest today, a uh, guy that I've been a fan of for a while. His name is Mike Feely. He's Senior Director of Content for Penn Live. He's actually going to depart on June 3rd. He's going to work in, um, in Delaware. Uh, Delaware is now an official enemy of mine. Uh, because Mike is leaving us after 29 years at Penn Live, Mike, how are you? Good. How you doing? Good. Thanks for coming in. Uh, so, why I like Mike so much is he's kind of seen it all and done it all at the Patriot News and Penn Live for the last 29 years. Uh, does it seem like 29 years, Mike?
4: No, it doesn't. It it flew by pretty, not by the color of my hair, but you could, but it definitely flew by. And you started as a
0: reporter, right? Yes. Was I did. Were you straight out of college? No, I had come from a paper, the Bloomsburg Press Enterprise. Gotcha. And so from what I was told, Little Birdie told me when your first jobs was covering the Camp Hill prison riots as a reporter.
4: Yeah, I got to uh, I got to Harrisburg in um, August of 89. And in October, I was out of, yeah covering the riots. It was that was an exciting way to get to know central Pennsylvania.
0: We don't really have prison riots anymore. I mean, they really have sort of gone by the wayside in a lot of ways. What was that like back then? I mean, I can still see troopers—I believe they were troopers—on top of cars shooting shotguns. I mean, it had to be crazy.
4: Yeah, it was—it was crazy out there. But what I guess uh, you don't fully appreciate till you find out you know, later is the craziness that was going inside and what some of the guards and that went through. So, you know, what we're seeing was the actions that were being taken outside and what was being released to us and the fires and, you know, who we could talk to up along the fences. It it wasn't until you actually heard more of the stories that were going inside that you really realized just how bad that was.
0: Do you think the Casey administration did a good job at that time disseminating information to the, look, I know we can never be fully satisfied with transparency, but do do you think they cooperated well with you guys at that time?
4: Yeah, I I actually I, very much so. They were having constant updates, getting as much information out as possible. Uh, the uh, the late Barry Fox and I, sure, you know, we uh, we slept out in our in our in our cars, uh, and anytime you know, just because uh, they were doing constant constant updates.
0: So one of the things you became known for later when you moved into editing was sort of overseeing the team and and reporter Sarah Ganim on the uh, Jerry Sandusky coverage. Is it hard to believe that that was uh, about, well, really longer than seven years ago for you? Because you guys were breaking that story a long time before it really exploded onto the national scene.
4: Sure. Uh, you know, some of some of the work I'm most proud of here. She did a wonderful job, as well as everybody else involved. But the reality is, you know, we're still dealing with that story. Crazy. Uh, even yesterday, uh, with the uh, Superior Court ruling in the in Spanier's case. So the story hasn't really ended. Um, you know, the movie came out earlier this year. I, don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Uh, It just seems like this, especially in central Pennsylvania, it's just a story that won't die.
0: Why weren't you a fan of the Paterno movie?
4: I don't know. You know, I guess it's from a standpoint of we were hoping we were getting our spotlight, and it definitely wasn't. Sure. uh, You know, nothing about the newsroom was, was accurate. You know what I mean? I get it, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean that guy didn't even look like Charlie Thompson. I was surprised somebody played <laughs> Charlie Thompson. I'm like, nobody's yeah. playing Mike Feely, nobody's playing Kate Barron, but yes, yeah. you know, but they actually had a Charlie Thompson in there. They had
4: a Charlie Thompson and most of the scenes of the newsroom had one or two people in it. Um, yeah.
0: How, yeah, what a joke that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh what do you what do you take away from that time covering Sandusky? I mean it was look, the Pulitzer Prize speaks for itself with your coverage there. Um, it, 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 there had to be a lot of pressure because, number one, you're talking about famous people, and number two, as you said, it's still a story today, and and there are still people out there that think that you guys completely messed up this story and harmed people's reputations.
4: Well, I think what you take away that there's definitely a passion on both sides of this issue. It will be passion that lasts forever, and no matter where I go, east coast, out to California, anybody everybody wants to talk about that story because they feel one way or the other there's very little middle ground on their beliefs i I do get the sense that closer you are to central p a and you know yeah that the the more you know you're willing to believe maybe it wasn't as bad and I think from the outside perspective it was it was horrible and uh but we're also seeing here you know it, it was a it was a rough case and you know, we we did a lot of hours, you know, I did a lot of hugging my own children because of the topic that we were, you know, that we were discussing, but it's just something that doesn't ever want to seem to go away. And we're looking at that now in Michigan State and, and, and other schools. It just, I, I don't know, I just, I, you, you wish that, what I wish I could take away is this was so bad that it would never happen again. And. That just isn't the case.
0: We're talking with Mike Feely, Senior Director of Content for Penn Live. He's leaving uh, next week after nearly 30 years here at Penn Live. Mike, uh, take us into the, the mindset of a reporter. A lot of people think you guys run stories out there and you just move on to the next story. I would imagine during the Sandusky process, there were probably some sleepless nights for you guys when you go to print with stories because there's always a certain level of uncertainty. I, I would imagine that it was people think you guys have agendas i know better uh, quite frankly and uh, i would have to think there were some sleepless nights worried about content worried about getting things right yeah
4: and you know it, and it's just not one of those things where we found a piece of information and ran with it and we had a lot of discussions among a lot of people here and including our legal staff about you know what is it especially in the early stages of the investigation is a what will it take for us to take whispers rumors you know things that are being talked about and how do you how do you feel comfortable and solid and to be honest the last discussion about the story the first story we wrote about the grand jury and, and what people were saying it was a room full of myself Kate Barron David Newhouse the then publisher John Kirkpatrick and Sarah Gannam on the phone with our lawyer and we actually went Word by word, by word, by word through the story, to make sure we were satisfying, you know, our journalistic needs, our legal needs. Um, we needed documentation. We needed people talking to us. We needed sources. This wasn't one person uh, telling us something. And you know, contrary to belief, this wasn't, you know, the AG's office leaking stuff. They they were threatening to arrest us. They weren't they weren't leaking stuff to us. Um, wow. And it was finally when that it. When that scene was when that was over, and we went through the last word, and like nobody said anything for like 20 seconds, and John Kirkpatrick just said, "All right, let's go." you know." Uh, and it felt really good, and yet, but the, it, but after, I don't know if you remember the next couple it, the story kind of came out there, and then nothing, you know, and it for right, several months. months. Yeah, it took months for, and we kept writing stories and going on, but it took a while. For people to catch on to it, I, I, that mystified me. I really, until
0: the AG filed the charges and everything blew up.
4: Correct, and I and I don't know if people were just afraid of it or or what have you. It was definitely a hot story, and you know we were we were in a in you know <laughs> we were under the gun uh, for a long time. But you know we were very happy not with the circumstances of it, obviously, but we were very happy with the way we handled it. This was a crime story, not a sports story, right? Uh, it obviously Amen. involved a huge sports icons, but it was a crime story, and this was a crime against children. Right. Um, and not that, that that makes it worse, but it, it, or better, or worse, or what have you, but this was a crime against children. It was a crime story. We were treating this as a crime story. Um, and we were just kept following the leads. And uh, so I'm really proud of the work we did there, but you know it's it, it we have a history of that, and you, you remember Pete Shellum and the work that he did and you, I learned so much
0: from the late Pete. Pete Shellum.
4: yeah, and how much how important it is that you get those uh, crime stories right and he, you know it, that, for, that, Pete, he was, for,
0: for people that don't remember Pete Shellum was an award winning reporter for the Patriot news and penn live who who uh went about uh working on cases of uh people that have been convicted of crimes and helping to exonerate them. And I believe he exonerated uh, more than a few people.
4: Yeah. When you look back uh five people, um, which is
0: a great, it's an amazing, <laughs> that's an amazing accomplishment.
4: Yeah. I can greatest. only,
0: I can only imagine the people that would write into him and say, Hey, help me too.
4: Yeah. And Pete would get, he would get a lot of letters and you know, in an industry where people were saying, you know, how much are you writing today? How much, you know, what are you working on? You know, you look over at Pete's desk and he'd have mountains of court paper pa- paperwork that he'd have to go through and letters from people. And, you know, you'd have to read 15, 20, 30, 50. That's journalism. Entire court proceedings and letters. And you'd throw out 49 of them because, well, there was nothing there. Yeah. It took a lot of time. But the, the outcome of his work was just... Was just incredible, and, and you can't. The, the most poignant moment is when the day uh, Pete killed himself tragically. Uh, David Gladden, who was the last person he got out of prison, came to the newsroom because he just wanted to be with us. That's He was something. so grateful. He just wanted to be where he knew we were hurting.
3: When you take a look at the movies that about depicting newspapers, rather be The Post, Spotlight, you know, all the presidents men. Is that an accurate? Have you are there accurate depictions of the process and the feelings of what's going on on the newspapers always, on, on the front on the front lines?
4: Yeah, I'm going to confess to you, I have not seen Spotlight. Uh, Spotlight's good.
0: Uh, yeah, I I've, I've always- seen Spotlight, but I think that it's pretty Hollywoodized when it comes to newsroom coverage. I I, I there's there's a little too much over emotional reaction in, in, in that newsroom, but go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well,
4: I, I, I really enjoyed all the president's men. Me too. Right. Until I learned that, uh, they kind of made a couple of the editors who in the movie seemed like they were fighting the reporters, which really wasn't the case. They were kind of the big, but the big supporters of those guys. And I always think they always have to create this kind of conflict tension, uh, you know, yep. to make these movies. I get it. I get it. Right. Um, be honest my favorite journalism movie is fletch no fletch. get fletch <laughs> <laughs> no kidding no, I'm uh actually uh there's an old one uh i think with Cary grant called his girl friday which is a great journalism movie if you haven't seen it it's a great one but i think they i think everything's usually overblown in it and you, you know a lot of journalism is going through paperwork right a lot of journalism is getting doors shut in your face and and a lot of ger- journalism still the best journalism is is the shoe leather type, right? That's why I think cops and journalists tend to especially detectives tend to get along a lot. Uh, that their role, you know, their their patterns are pretty the same.
0: Mike, we've got about thirty seconds left and, and thanks so much for being on our show. Uh Mike Feely, uh senior content uh director of content for Pen Live. In in the last thirty seconds, what sticks out to you? And I'm trying to get you to wrap up 30 years in 30 seconds. What's something that we don't know about what you did daily, day in and day out at PenLive that you're going to miss?
4: Well, it, to be honest, it was transitioning uh, myself, our staff and readers from a traditional print-centric readership to a digital-centric. It was one of the hardest things I've done. I'm from a newspaper family, but you know, transitioning ourselves to think that we have to go to where the readers are, and less and less and less every day. That's print, and how do we find that audience digitally? It's it it's not an easy task, but we were tired of managing a decline, and we want to, you know, we want this industry to be around for for a long time, and we had to make that switch.
0: Mike, uh, thanks so much for being on our show, Mike Feely. Uh, you're moving on, and best wishes. I guess you're going to be executive editor of the Wilmington News Journal in Delaware Online, correct? Yep. Hey, congratulations, Mike. We will really miss you. Please stay in touch. All right. Thank you very much. Take care, Mike. See you. We'll be right back with Latour Live, WHP 580, WHP580.com. Latour Live lives on our podcast page at WHP580.com. Welcome back here to Latour Live. I want to welcome in our next guest very quickly. He's Atlanta-based comedian Lance Burson. Lance, am I saying your last name correctly? Because we've known each other for a long time, but we've actually never spoken.
1: The fact that you didn't start out with Bernson, um, we're already best friends. So, yes, you said it correctly. Good job.
0: <laughs> welcome. Welcome to our show. For anybody that doesn't know, I'm a bit of a Twitter-aholic. I know you didn't know that, Frank. Bit of a Twitter aholic, and I would say about two years ago or so, Lance, I think we were tweeting about football maybe. It might have been like college football or NFL football or something. And you and I just struck up a conversation on Twitter, and you know, he I think you're pretty, I think you would say you're as liberal as probably anybody else who's a liberal, correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm yeah. more than happy to identify. Them.
0: And I'm pro- and I would say I'm a moderate Republican. I think I'm a common sense Republican. So we don't always see eye to eye on things. But I think you and I are a great example of civility in politics. Would you not agree? I mean, we don't agree on a lot of things, but we agree not to kill each other over it.
1: Well, I solely called in to ban you from my restaurant, so I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. So,
0: <laughs> where are you playing? I mean, where are you playing this weekend? I know I'm not allowed in, right?
1: <laughs> that's correct just, no you no, you are allowed in just sit in the front row that's all that i ask.
0: That's, i am uh, not going to be do. your target that's for darn sure that's for darn sure so if anybody doesn't know land so you uh so tell us you've got you've got what three children am i am i correct four, four. four. We, what were you um, thinking
1: yeah, four daughters well only one of them is my fault we're uh, a blended family <laughs> The 14, about to be 15-year-old, is uh, the one that I can uh, claim as being my fault. The other ones I, um, you know, we're like the Brady Bunch, except with tattoos and police records. The dad seems gay from the outside kind of a thing. So it doesn't, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're a blended family. But, yeah, I have four daughters, 13, 14, 19, and 22. 22-year-old 22 just graduated college.
0: God, you have to be a liberal. I mean, when you when you when you hear that family, when you hear that family rundown, you absolutely have to be. El- and so, how does how do you become a comedian? Explain explain that. To us. you're actually you do a lot of day. You you've got gigs coming up this weekend, correct?
1: I have one tonight, one on Thursday, and yeah, I do have one on Saturday. Yeah.
0: So, so for all uh, of our all of our central Pennsylvania listeners, tell us where you will be performing in Atlanta this weekend.
1: Earl Strand Theater in Marietta, Georgia tonight, which is a great place to play. It's um, I'm trying to compare if something in Philadelphia would be like it's like an amphitheater kind of a thing. Sure, um, yeah. And then I'm doing a, <laughs> a Gillies bar, but not the kind of Gillies that you saw in Urban Cowboy. Urban uh, Cowboy.
0: I was thinking yeah. maybe you were going to ride the mechanical bull.
1: <laughs> uh, I wish. Um, so it, that's tomorrow night. Uh, it's a comedy contest that I won a couple of weeks ago, and so I'm defending my title, I guess you could say. And and uh, this Saturday, I'm doing this place called Rocky Mountain Pizza. It was actually where I restarted my comedy career three years ago, and it's kind of an open mic thing that comedians do and practice new jokes, things along those lines. So, yeah.
0: Well, your mic's not working, Frank. No. I'm sorry. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, he wants to ask you a question. Go ahead, Frank. Sorry about that. That hey, was down. inadvertent. Oh, uh,
3: Lance, with you being on the circuit, the comedy circuit, is it like it's portrayed on TV – like, you know, one town, one comedy house will have, like, two or three guys in an apartment. You bring in a headliner. He has his own and support acts and just everything you might see from the Louis C.K. TV shows or any of the other, you know, now everybody's got a series about comedians. Is it? Is that what it's
1: really like out there on the road? Well, the young comics that, you know, don't have families and real jobs and things along those lines like I do, yeah. Um, when I first got out of college, and I was a, a, a journalist at the time, radio and TV, uh, I started and did 90, 1993, 1996, and so I did that sort of circuit where you would, you know, you'd go down to, you know, I went to University of Alabama and lived in the south and stuff. Right. But we'd go down and you'd do, you know, Panama City, Florida, Fort Walton Beach, you know, the spring break tours and things along those lines, and sure, it'd be you and two or three other idiots, you know, half drunk. <laughs> sharing here, here in one room <laughs> that all kind of thing yeah it was like that and now these days a lot of the young comedians that i know and, and help out and things along those lines they do that they they get themselves booked from town to town you know they uh, board up together three in a room and uh you know their various habits and this that and the other thing it is yeah what's, it really is like that i mean that is a cliche
3: what's an average set like when you go to do a club what, what's the requirements
1: well, it length. depends on what it is. If it's an open mic, it's going to be five to 10 minutes. But if it is, a, if you're a feature act and you can do that, like I'm doing tonight and tomorrow, then you're anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. And then if you're a headliner, you know, then you better have a half hour in. And so it just depends on where you're playing and what you're doing. Um, you know, if you headline around in a local place, you've, you're going to do 20 to 30 minutes.
0: How much of your act is Trump?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> less than five, le, 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 less than five percent.
0: Really? Mean, do you worry about offending people? I mean, maybe not as a comedian, but do you worry about getting going off the rails? Somebody gets pissed off, maga, maga, maga.
1: No, I, I don't worry about that because um, I, I'm. I, I don't personally worry about that because my act is 90 percent my family in real life and stuff along those lines. And so once you start talking about that stuff, anybody can listen to that. Yeah. And then you can be subversive and throw your, <laughs> yeah. throw your throw your ideology in there every other joke or something. Um, but it's, uh, I don't worry about that at all. Um, I've only run across that maybe a handful of times in the last couple of years where people get angry and leave or get angry and say something and they never say anything to your face. They always say to whoever's hosting the event. Yeah. We made this, I've I've never, I've never walked anybody. I I don't know why. I only, only my family members walk out on me. I never have, (laughs) uh, never. I never do that. I, I guess because I bring them in with the family stuff, and then I can be a little subversive here and there.
0: We, uh, we made this for you, Lance, by the way. You can use this in your show.
2: Space Force. So
0: if you want to sign up anybody for Space Force at your, uh, at your events this weekend, just let us know. You can actually use that <laughs> sound effect. We made that. They're
1: gonna love. You're gonna love the Pennsylvania sound effect, uh, the Pennsylvania accent, anyway. That's,
0: that's, exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, talking about politics, and 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 I know you talk a lot about politics. What's your Twitter feed? Give everybody your Twitter handle, because I think you're a great follow, whether you're Republican or Democrat. I think we need to listen, especially if you're a Republican. We need to hear what other people think about on the other side of the aisle. What, what's your Twitter handle?
1: <clears throat> I'm very, very creative. It's at Lance Burson, L-A-N-C-E-B-U-R-S-O-N. You
0: mean it wasn't taken? That wasn't taken? You're able to grab that all by yourself, huh?
1: (laughs) There is only one other Lance Burson in the entire United States, and uh, he is a Republican living in Utah. So that's my uh, doppelganger. Do you guys talk? Believe this or not, on Facebook we have three or four of the same friends. (laughs) I don't even know how this – I swear to you I can't make this up. I wish this was a joke. So a couple of these same friends— I don't believe 20, it. I swear to you, I don't believe it. I swear it. to you. And so a couple of these friends of ours, mutual friends of ours, or same friends, however you want to say that, tried to get us to friend each other, and I guess he saw something that he didn't like on mine, or he's like, no, nah, no thanks.
0: We're, we're talking with Atlanta-based comedian Lance Burson. Frank, Frank, fire away.
3: Um, Lance, is there a trick or maybe an inside Thing that comedians know that the public doesn't know when you're given a set is there are there any tricks of the trade or something that an audience that you guys regularly do or talk about behind the scenes that the public doesn't know about?
1: Sure, absolutely. If you don't know how to read a room, then um, you've been doing comedy less than six months and you're really bad at it. Period. If you've been doing it longer than six months, so yeah, yeah.
2: you
1: you read a room when you go into a room. It doesn't have anything to do with politics. If you if you go into a room, and uh, I play a lot of um. You know what you would call urban clubs, or, or or non, you know whatever. I am a white uh, Christian male clubs, so I play a lot of those kinds of things. So you you go into the room and you're going to realize, okay, this this isn't going to work here. This is a this is a crazy night. They're looking for you know more body stuff, even though I'm ninety percent clean. So you read that kind of a room. So you, but then you also go into other places where, quite frankly, you know. <laughs> I, like where I'm playing tonight, which is a very Tea Party Republican part of the Suburban. country, so to speak. Yeah, and you don't walk in there and immediately say, "Let me start reading speeches about you know Eugene B. Debs and let's go communist." I mean, you <laughs> know that you're not right. going to be able to go in there, and so you've got to, you know, oh, I have got a family, and it's crazy, and here's my crazy family, and then you make them laugh, and then you throw in a couple of things that you think are important. How do you handle hecklers? Oh god, I've gotten so good at it over the past couple of years. <laughs> um, you um I love psychological warfare, like I'm anti-war except when it comes to psychological psychological warfare warfare. So what I try to do is just kind of just ask them what their problem is and like just become sort of this evil psychiatrist with them. <laughs> you do that for a couple of minutes with somebody and they will back down in a heartbeat. Like they do not want to know that they hate their mom as much as they think they hate their mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's kind of what I do. I don't, since I'm clean, I don't, you know, F you and all that. Kind of stuff. I don't do that. Right. So, but uh, I don't get it a lot anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's I've You're intimidating.
0: You're intimidating.
1: Absolutely. We all got a, five foot 7 of this is intimidating, yeah. <laughs> we
0: got about 2 minutes left with Atlanta-based comedian Lance Burson. Lance, one of the other things I've I've gleaned uh from following you on Twitter is you are a lover and a historian of professional wrestling, are you not?
1: Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um I grew up in Georgia, which is the Georgia Championship Wrestling and all of that before it became WCW. I, I saw Rick Flair before he was Rick Flair. What was what? it? What was he?
0: Look, Frank got all excited because oh, he know. he loves. I know. He loves I I Rush got like, a couple
3: of questions for you to answer. We can spill into the fourth segment. Can
0: we yeah, yeah. So, so what? Um, what was Ric Flair like before his Ric Flair?
1: Um, he would wear these big glasses and these loud shirts, and talk about stuff that he really didn't have yet, so you didn't buy it all uh, already. Yeah. And uh, he was a glorified jobber when he until he had that plane crash. And my memory starts in 1975 when a plane sure. crash. But if you go back and look up on YouTube and look up Ric Flair's 75, 76, 77, 78, which is when my memories start, he was not the nature boy that we all know. He was trying. He was like a, he was like a comedian working his act out. I mean, that's yeah, exactly what Yeah, he trying to figure it all out, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you didn't believe half of what came out of his mouth. You just thought he was just some sort of idiot. But once it kicked in and once you, you slimmed down, he used to be really heavy, by the way. He used to be nearly 300 pounds. Wow. And he, they slimmed down to that 240 and started wearing the suits and they put the belt on him in 81 and the next thing you know you know he took off but i yeah the the late 70s rick flair before he became rick flair was something to see it's almost like seeing a comedian 25 years ago before he became famous
0: and if you could after all these years do you have a favorite wrestler can you point to one wrestler famous or otherwise that was like your all-time favorite
1: well, I think what you do is you take Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan and you go and you put them in a glass case and you put them off to the side because that's that's easy to say because they sure. changed the business and all that other kind of thing. Um I <laughs> you guys will laugh at this, but one of Flair's buddies, Arn Anderson, who was part of the horse, yeah. race, uh, is one of my all time favorites just because he was the guy who did all the work. He looked like your dad. <laughs> he he sort of did. He, he did. Yeah. yeah, he did. We kind of you like,
3: could see guy. him doing a cooking he, look, he looked like a wrestler, right? He did.
1: Yeah. And he would do and he would do goofy stuff like wear a Yankees hat even though he's from Rome, Georgia, but he was trying to be a heel. But he was great because he just got in there and he was he was literally, you know, Joe the plumber of wrestling. I don't mean that in a political way. But he was uh he was every bit of what Dusty Rhodes said he was, which is the son of a plumber and but he was one of my favorites. But um, overall, uh, I like the guys who could really work. The Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, guys who could put on great matches. It, and, you know,
0: Honky Tonk really Man, Honky no, Tonk. Honky Tonk's my favorite of all time. Honky Tonk Man.
1: Hon- Honky Tonk is a great heel, but he, it, his horrible. stuff in the his stuff in the '70s was a heck of a lot better when he was like in Memphis and stuff like that. But like, um, like, I like peeled up Shawn Michaels in the 1990s just because he was a heck of a worker. You know, I, yeah. I love that guy. Hey, two two questions.
3: Your thoughts on the recent HBO Andre the Giant documentary and final thoughts on uh, Vince McMahon.
1: Uh, I really like the Andre the Giant documentary, but I knew a lot of that stuff. There wasn't a lot of new information. It was almost like they took his Wikipedia page and then put it all in one place or something like that and you know a handful of other stories. So in other words, I'd, I'd seen it all, right. to see the way that it was all laid out... Um, I love the fact that he's the, literally the definition of a flawed anti-hero and the way that they kind of all laid it out. You, you couldn't help but like him, but at the same time, he wasn't heroic, Right? he was different than that. And that's the reason why you kind of liked him. I wish that I had known all of that stuff in one place and now that we have it, it was great to watch.
3: Yep.
0: I got you. We got about a minute here with Lance, uh, Lance, last thing on civility and politics. Should we worry about civility? I, my my sort of theory is is we've never been civil, and I nope. think with uh, the way that uh, uh, President Trump came out on the uh, election trail, campaign trail a couple of years ago, he sort of set a tone, and I think he only brought out what a lot of people. I it, I've always been struck by the fact that people hate the president regardless of who he is they hated bill clinton they hated george w bush they hated barack obama like even when i'm a republican and there's a dean the office i don't hate the guy i don't hate Mm -hmm. the guy but so i've always thought the incivility was always there asking for civility And now it's like 250 years too late
1: well i'm from georgia and one of the worst defenders of all time is newt gingrich back in the 1980s at 1 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning, he would go on C-SPAN and go on these horrible tirades against Democrats, and, and there was nobody in the audience. So Tip O'Neill turned the cameras around and showed that there was an empty room, and he was speaking to himself. <laughs> then he turns right around and becomes the the king of this sort of thing, You know, putting out – by the way, I used to work in radio, and I worked with Sean Hannity back in the early 90s at WGST Radio. Oh, my god. <clears throat> and – Hannity would rip and read stuff not only from Newt but just from the g o p without even you know looking it up to see if it was true or not. so, in other words, Newt was the guy who who took some of that and even took it even further and Yes, I know that Jim Wright, you know, who was a speaker in uh or or was a huge Democrat in the eighties, was a horrible human being. I get that, and I understand that this stuff has gone back all the way to two hundred plus years. But the modern version of what we're seeing really started with him and that whole GOP takeover in 94. So it's a reason why I have a real hard time of going, sure, dude, I'm going to listen to you. Are you know, we, I remember you.
0: Are you still pen pals with uh, Hannity?
1: I have not talked to him since he went to Fox in 1996. He used to buy me sandwiches because I was a broke reporter producer back in the day and couldn't buy myself lunch and he'd buy us sandwiches and now all I can think about is I wish I'd never eaten one but other than that (laughs) uh, no I have not
0: (laughs) I got you hey Lance we really had a great time on the show with you today it's really good to finally actually talk to you we've tweeted to each other for I think two three years now so uh, it's been a real joy and I really appreciate you having on the show and and we want to have you on again okay Mm -hmm.
1: Can't wait to come back. Please please
0: do so. We'll do that. Hey, Lance Burson, thanks a lot. And we'll be right back with Latour Live, WHP 580, WHP580.com.
2: Hear Latour Live anytime online on our podcast page at WHP580.com.
0: Welcome back to Latour Live. Our last segment, Frank. What are you doing? What are you You're doing? It's
3: just so funny sometimes. Welcome back to the tour. Welcome back to the Hey man, welcome back. Are you enjoying your radio time? What do you mean? Am I enjoying? Are you enjoying? It? Are you enjoying? It, yeah, yeah. What I, are you? We're about four months into the show now. Three months. I don't even know. It feels like four years. You need to start. You need to go back and count the show so you can say episode number so and so. Yeah. Episode why, number. Know, yeah. That would not be hard for us to do, Art. Right? We we could figure that out.
2: Yeah, it's no problem.
3: Yeah. We need to find out exactly yeah. what number of show this is.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it I'll is. I'll help you out, Dave. Maybe. Four, five? No, this is probably number 20, 30 No, no way we've done twenty. If
3: there's four shows in a month
0: and we're on four months, that would be sixteen. Okay. I said no way we, we've done twenty. You said four. I was kidding. It was a joke.
3: Oh, uh, see, I'm sorry. I didn't get the joke sign. <laughs> okay, I'll get. I'll, the, get, okay, we're joking I'll start now. giving
0: you joke signs. Hey, we're coming up on another show. What are you watching on TV? Um, oh, I watched the Westworld finale. Did you watch it yet?
3: I did. I'm on eight.
0: Yeah, so you'd, it's interesting.
3: I'm mean, but it,
0: they it, answer a lot of questions, but pose a lot to push of new
3: through. ones. True, I'm at that point where I got to push through. You got to get through it. Yeah, um, I watched Yellowstone. This Kevin Costner it's so
0: good. I saw the first it got, episode. It
3: got panned. I don't critics, know why critics crush, it. and they're right. Every line is like, well. I guess a man's got to do what he's got to do. Everything's like a stoic, yeah. But hard these guys, line. but these guys live in North Dakota or wherever every, they learn. That's how they talk. Sometimes you got to let a flame burn out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like they're not everything. doing. They're not doing Shakespeare in Montana. You know, I um, mean, but I love
3: Kosh. The I want to get every jacket that Kevin Costner yeah. <laughs> has because
0: it's all big collar. He's the coolest like 21st century cowboy you ever saw. He doesn't even and come he, in on a horse.
3: He comes the, in on a helicopter. helicopter. That's great.
0: He comes I flying think- in. I think Yellowstone- Weren't, weren't is a, you shocked, by the way, about the main character? Oh, absolutely. I thought Yellowstone was a fantastic Did that show. surprise you? Yes. In episode one? Yeah. Because I
3: thought he was going to be- Don't say anything. But you know what I'm saying? Don't say anything. Weren't you stunned?
0: I thought it was- Yeah. I, I thought- But they have to do that in- And the whole
3: scene? That yeah, scene was
0: great. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, attractive women in there, too. Uh, Chief J. Got, Strongbow? They've got Chief J. Strongbow <laughs> in there. No, they don't. Uh but they do uh they do I, I thought it was I'm looking forward to watching. I loved it. Long. It's on tonight. Are you watching World Cup?
3: Um I you know what I watched? I watched Taiwan against Germany. No, Taiwan against you watched Korea. Was it Korea against Mexico?
0: Yeah. No. South Korea versus Mexico.
3: And it was that handball, and then I got sucked into, like, I find these games I get sucked into, and then I stay the whole time, and had this loud announcement, like, oh, that's crazy how that happened, I can't believe that in Mexico, I got one
0: Well, there was a great Tottenham connection in the World Cup today as we tape on Wednesday. I'm just so happy to see South Korea eliminate Germany. I can't stand Germany. I've never been able to, I've never liked Germany I think it goes back to World War II. I've never liked Germany. I don't like their soccer. I'm glad they got their butts kicked out of the World Cup for the first time in group play in their history, and it came on a clinching goal from a Tottenham Hotspur player. Here's the call, Frank. There's an
4: empty net to shoot at.
1: It's going to be a long run. off that ball or son, can get there,
0: or out of the World Cup. Is there any better line than that? Nope. Here, here it is. Here it is again. Germany are out of the World Cup. How are you handling the coverage? Do you like the announcers? Do you like how Fox is handling it? I actually like it. I've enjoyed it. I mean, you can pick this stuff apart any way you want, uh, but I think they have great pre-shows. I think they have great post-game shows. And
3: once you're in a game, do you stick good. with it the whole time? Uh, you, you can't dabble I, you, in and out of the game. It's,
0: well, it's hard to stay with a game the entire time because it's usually on during your work day. Right. So I'll, I'll have it on in my office, absolutely. I'll be watching it. Uh, right. Yeah, I I enjoy watching it. We got, you know. We're, how long is this gonna go? We're uh, another couple weeks because then now they'll go into knockout stages. Right. Mid July, it's over. They'll go into knockout stages where you're one and done. Group plays over. I believe tomorrow group plays over, and then it's all it's one and done. And how did the
3: U.S. like? Would have been great if U.S. would have been in Russia. But well, what's for amazing
0: this? is is the U.S. How did we not get in? The U.S. can't qualify, and countries like Panama, who lose to England six to one, can. I mean, it it shows you how disgraceful USA was that we did not qualify. How did we not do that? Yeah, I, mean, I remember ridiculous. when it happened. Ridiculous. Mean, and can you imagine the political
3: chess match that would take in place with the political atmosphere, and then having in Russia the U.S. playing? Oh, it
0: would have been so awesome. Oh, it would have we been totally, so- we totally. Ken Matthews up.
3: would have gone nuts. He would have loved
0: this. Ken Matthews would have gone nuts over the U.S. <gasps> in, in Russia. A, but we might have gone over in Russia the way we were playing. I mean, we the U.S. Really need... could have
3: had documents and brought him into the Kremlin and gave them U- to U- him U- during so- halftime.
0: U.S. soccer really has to uh, uh, fix itself. By the way, one other thing I watched, Go ahead. and I think you know, is uh, the, the gong car- Show No, the oh. carpool karaoke. Uh, Paul McCartney. Oh, I heard that. Paul good. McCartney with James Corden. It's about it's twenty-three good. minutes long, and he takes them all through Liverpool and sees a house where he grew up and they like stop McCartney. on Penny Lane. McCartney actually autographs the Penny Lane sign on Penny Lane and Corden had a great line he goes, Nobody ever believed that's your that's your autograph, you know? And then he goes into some pub and they have the curtain drawn and just like twenty people. That was your this final pub. show.
3: It's Your beautiful. final show that you've ever went to is Paul McCartney. That's right, and, and you retired.
0: No, yeah. So anyway, he opens up. They all of a sudden they open up the curtain for twenty people in this pub in Liverpool, and he start Paul McCartney starts
3: playing. Imagine having that power.
0: I mean, that's pretty freaking amazing. I'll give you a story.
3: Amazing. I was at Hershey. Zach Brown was in town, so I'm setting up for a tailgate. Right? Zach, yeah. Zach comes right out, walks Shut right up. by me. Swear to God, talks to me. He says, "Hey, what's up?" I said, "Just getting at it." He goes, "How about it?" Did you know that was him? Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, right away. And so you those didn't, you stars didn't... know that power. So you totally played it cool, like you're yeah. like,
0: oh my god, Zach, blah no. no, you're like, hey, just getting ready, getting it started, getting getting at it, man. And he knew, and he, oh, like, yeah, he, he knew. and he and
3: he kept walking. Yeah, he or did cool. he Hang out? No, he was cool. He did kept walking. Did you offer him a beer? No. Should you have offered him a beer? No. It wasn't that... my. It, it wouldn't have fit. I should not have gotten a selfie, which I did not. I didn't stop him. He yeah. just kept rolling. He walked by. I mean, this was like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. There wasn't anybody around. Yeah, it was just me and him. Just you and him. You were the first person there towgating. I was the first one to set up in that area. Yeah, right yeah. beside the stadium. I and mean, he was cool. But imagine that, what my point is. Imagine that have, having that kind of power where you walk out and like you realize, oh, oh crap. Yeah. That's yeah. power. That is
0: that is awesome power.
3: That's like having your pontoon bro, oh, and not knowing oh, it's oh, in the water.
0: Oh, I cut you off there. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, apologize. Oh, I oh, did oh, not. Oh, For once, I did not mean to cut you you off at your Zach Brown star moment. Hey, guys, we had a great time today. Great show. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe rest of your week and your holiday weekend. We'll be back to you soon here on Latour Live, WHP 580. What? What? I still can't believe you don't like taffy. That you don't like Rehoboth Beach taffy. You don't like beach taffy? I can't friggin' believe you order on Amazon during our show, but that's a whole other story. Hey, guys, we'll talk to you later. Latour Live, We're well, You just send your daughter at the beach. No taffy. No taffy for you. Can I shut off his uh, microphone? Sure, you know. There we go. See you, gang. Talk to you next time. Latour Live.